Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we are talking about the final episode of The Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, I'm going to be doing a full coverage review uh, pretty soon in the next couple of days with my normal co-host, Ashley Coffin. But the episode came out today. I want to get some coverage of it out today. And Aaron McGowan was perfectly happy to jump in and say, let's talk about something, even though it's not animated, even though there's no clones in it. Aaron was willing to talk about it. So uh, we'll have all that and more right after commercial break. We have no control over. Welcome back. I'm Matthew, your host. As those of you who've been listening along with as our coverage to The Bad Batch, you know Aaron McGowan quite well by now. But for everyone else, uh, they may not know who you are. I think they did hear you get to hear it on one episode of – no, that was Bad Batch as well. So for Mandalorian listeners, <laughs> they, they may not know you yet. So Aaron, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Mandalorian listeners. I'm infecting your lives, too. <laughs> um, I'm a cosplayer. I'm pretty young. Um so I kind of have a different perspective than Matthew. I grew up on, like, the Clone Wars and the prequels movies. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I cosplay Ahsoka Tano in my free time. So I'm online doing stuff with that on TikTok and Instagram. I'll plug that at the end of the show. But that's kind of where my Star Wars views come from. I'm obsessed with clones, as Matthew kind of uh-huh. stated earlier. Um, all clones are daddy, and I won't take any questions. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad you got to join us for this because I know you have a lot of thoughts on this and it, it's a good way of also getting people ready to uh, hear your voice more because we're going to have you talking about live action soon because uh, Lady Tano, the cosplayer of Ahsoka, is definitely going to be on with me for the Ahsoka show coming out in July. And let's just kind of start here with what had been your feelings on The Mandalorian Season 3 up till this last episode? Can you give us the yeah. background of where you were coming into this from? Yeah, um, I've been really enjoying it. I watch it every night with my family, so it's kind of like I sit there and explain it to my family. <laughs> <laughs> That's but um, yeah, it's been fun. I feel like I really liked learning more about the Mandalorian people. Uh-huh. Like in the Clone Wars, you know, you see their domed cities, but I knew nothing right. about this forge and this underground, like ancient city that they had. So that was really cool to see. And to see that there are so many Mandalorians out there still and that Bo was able to, like, rally them together is super cool. Um, Yeah, I love to see Bo finally winning for once in life because she's just getting stomped on. (laughs) And and winning because she had people around her. Uh, I have some scenes. I kind of wish she had been the one to just defeat Moff one-on-one, but I did still love the way it came together. So... Yeah, I hear that. I was really enjoying the season. I know a lot of people haven't been loving it. I I do think it's different. I do think this is not quite the same as what we've been getting up until now. But I don't mind that. Like, I don't mind that it's more the Mandalorians instead of the Mandalorian. And that, like, it's not – like, I do think – I guess now, should we call him Jaren instead of Din? Because Din is maybe his family name. Um, But, like – True. The artist – the Mandalorian formerly known as Din um, (laughs) – Like, I did think he had a real arc, and yeah, so I went into this episode excited, and I was a little underwhelmed by part – like, I don't think this is the best ending. I think the other two seasons ended with a real banger, and I I don't think this was that, but I think I was perfectly happy with everything, and I I like that it wrapped everything up, kind of, you know, and and just brought things to a conclusion. Mm -hmm. What did you think of this last episode? 
No, I agree. It wasn't like, you know, the big, like, Luke, you know, type as mm-hmm. last season. Um, and I kept hearing whispers, you know, like, oh, there might be, like, a guest, you know, like, someone's going to come in in the last episode. Like, oh, is it Boba Fett? Is it going to be, like, mm-hmm. Ahsoka? Like, who's it going to be? And I hadn't really gotten my hopes up or anything. I was just like, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know who would make sense. But, like, maybe we're going to get an appearance from, like, a friend of the past. Um, but I had a small thought that it might be Thrawn since we got the announcement yes. of who was playing him and that he was mentioned so heavily last episode. But, yeah, I think That's I – true. I was I, I did. This is one of the times where I was really happy not to be very much in the online conversations. I mean, I am clearly, but like, I, I didn't really get wrapped up in the who's going to be the guest, and I also didn't get wrapped up in who's going to be the spy because I didn't, I didn't necessarily think there was going to be a spy. And as far as I can tell, there wasn't. Right, that's the whole point. Like, there was a spy last episode. That's why it was called the spy. And now we just didn't have that. Wait, I first off, I forgot about that. Second off, okay. who was the spy in the last episode? So you're even less connected to everything than I am, clearly. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so because the episode was called The Spies, yes. um, I think there was a lot of speculation that someone was someone we met last episode or had known already was going to be revealed to be a spy. Yeah. And there's a lot of people saying it was the armorer, which – I would have really not liked because the armor had been such a big part of Bo's story. There was other people thinking it might have been Axe uh, Axe Wolves, uh, which I keep wanting to call them Axe Wolves, but it's not. It's Axe Wolves. So weird, right? (laughs) Um, There's some who thought it might be the other Night Owls who they met on the planet. Um, But, like, it wasn't. And and maybe because you hadn't heard all that, this didn't happen for you, but because... Well, let me say it this way. And, and so I'm curious if you didn't have this experience because you hadn't heard all that discourse. I unfortunately got sucked into that too much. That whole scene where Axe is like, don't worry, everybody. I'll pilot the ship by myself. You all get off the ship. I was like, ah, well, I guess him having a, 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 a heel turn is a lot better than someone else. I don't love it, but fine. Um, did, but did you have any thought that that might be what about to happen? Or were you just like, nope, he's a Mandalorian. He's going to be great. No, yeah, I was just like, oh, I guess he's going to pilot the ship. At first, I was like, I didn't think he was doing anything when he's sitting in the chair. I was like, you're just going to sit there? And then I realized he was, like, manning the guns. And I was like, okay, I guess you're fine then. Yeah. And aiming it down to destroy the base, really um, clutch move there. He really Mm -hmm. helped everyone out big time. Except he almost did blow up Din and Din Grogu and Bo. But he didn't know that. You know, he told him to get out. He he did he did his best he did his best, um yeah I just I just liked seeing that everybody was still on the team and that mm-hmm. what what Bo had done of bring to me I feel like a lot of the season was like yes Bo is incredibly badass at hand to hand combat and she should be mm-hmm. she's badass at flying a ship but really what she can do is bring she's a leader you know she can lead these people and she had the whole army together and her plan worked and. Honestly, it was kind of refreshing to not have there be, like, three different reversals and betrayals. It'd just be like, here's the plan. The plan worked. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I liked it because there was, like, lots of action. You know, there were high stakes and things like that. But there wasn't, like, any crazy plot twist. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes, especially in finale episodes, like, you get so caught up in, like, a plot twist or, like, a cliffhanger that it's, like. Yeah. Ugh. 
it's nice to like have something different. Like yeah. the season ends and I feel like satisfied and happy mm-hmm. and you know, I see the character growth. Um Din and Din Grogu. Oh, so cute. I'm so excited to see that apprenticeship um mm-hmm. next season. Is there gonna be a next season? I don't think we are done watching his adventures and and Grogu's adventures. Mm -hmm. But I do wonder if now – I do wonder if this will be the end of The Mandalorian as a TV show and now we're going to get, you know, adventures out in the rim that he's going to be a big part of or like The Mandalorians, you know, um, the – like I feel like there's a lot of different ways we can go with it and maybe they'll just give us Mandalorian season four but they they definitely got to a point of like – the Mandalorians have their planet back. That's taken care of. Din and his place in the Mandalorians is fixed and solved. Him and Grogu have a house and a job and a place. And, like, all the big things that were sort of questions from season one have been resolved. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because Moff Gideon was, like, the problem and the cloning and all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here. I'm trying to find. Because I know that they announced a Mandalorian movie. But I oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but I can't find the director here online. But I remember it was someone who's directed things like this. Might It might be Dave Filoni. I think it might be Dave Filoni who's directing mm-hmm. a live-action movie that's supposed to, quote, tie up the Mando universe. So. Right. And that's going to bring together the Bo-Katan-ness, the ahsoka I think you are correct about that. Um, frequent guest Danielle of Written in the Star Wars, she was at Star Wars Celebration. She's going to be a guest for us early next week, uh, and we're going to talk about a lot of that. Um, but yeah, I think it's um, – like as much as I love these characters, do you feel like there's like unfinished business for any of them? I mean, No. Yeah. Like, obviously, like, they both have, like, things going forward that they're doing to, like, better themselves and further their, like, goals. But, like, yeah, there's not, like, any big bad guy or, like, right. emotional turmoil that seems to be going on. I, I feel like especially – like, not I don't think this is why they did it, but, but this kind of highlights it. There was a lot of people this season who I think were unhappy because they were like, this is not what we thought The Mandalorian was going to be. Yeah. And I – I think they make a point about that it was fairly different. I don't get why that's a problem in the same way. But I think it'd be great if they were just like, cool, well, that is – the Mandalorian is done and now we're going to have Din and Grogu be in another kind of a show and movie and all these things. But we're not going to be tied necessarily to the format of the Mandalorian because that format's done. And I I don't want these characters to go away. I don't want Pedro Pedro Pascal to go away. But I'm okay if we get a new version, you know? Yeah. <gasps> Crazy thing. Sorry. This year, I realized Pedro Pascal has the same birthday as me, and I've never felt happier. The that's, joy that's that bloomed pretty, in my heart. That's a pretty awesome connection. Yeah. I was like, my Aries king. Everything makes mm-hmm. sense. I know why I'm in love with you now. <laughs> uh. um, I think a lot of people who aren't Aries are deeply in love with him as well. Myself, that's very true. much. <laughs> He he has captured this Virgo heart. Um, yes, it is love. It is not any other L words. Um, <laughs> that that is purely yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, so so we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Bo? Like Bo, kind of losing the fight to him, and then needing the others to come in and rescue her. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I was disappointed because I. Because I yeah. wanted her to, like, go crazy and, like, get it, get him, you know? But um, mm-hmm. 
at the same time, like, it makes sense because Moff Gideon pimped out his suit. Like, yeah, you could hear it, like, whirring as he moved, you know? Like, it was fully electronic and robotic. Like, it had mm-hmm. extra strength. So, yeah, you know, Din couldn't beat him. It makes sense that Bo couldn't beat him, you know? Whether yeah. or not who's the stronger warrior, like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. But, like, it makes sense that That's either fair. of them could get him because he just went crazy on his suit. Yeah, he was in this me- it was Mecha Gideon, basically. Yeah, exactly. I-, I appreciate that perspective. I think watching it, I was like, really? You couldn't just let Bo just straight up win? Mm-hmm. Uh, or even have her not, like, about to, like, be defeated by him when she gets rescued by everybody? But I did like her line about, like, that's the thing, is we work in teams, you know, that it yeah. wasn't just her. Particularly because, like, I don't know, when he said, like, I'll go take care of it myself, my first thought was, like, dude... You're supposed to be the smart one, not the prideful idiot like Vader. But I guess he is kind of extra himself, so maybe that is what he would do. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was so. So I kind of wish that we hadn't had that, but it was still great to see her win for sure and and become you know head of Mandalore. Um, once again, with the not name dropping, like I don't. I'm disappointed. I think these, these are some of the things I was disappointed by. I'm disappointed we got to the end of the season of. Her bring, her getting back to Mandalore without ever mentioning the name Satine. Yeah, like, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, it just it kind of yeah, it sucks. It's like I just feel like for people who have seen the Clone Wars, understanding who Satine was and what happened with her is such an important part of Bo's story and what makes her who she is. I just like yeah. I agree. It wouldn't have been too hard to work in a little conversation about like. Oh, yeah, yeah, like my sister used to lead and I look up to her or something like that, you know? Yeah, or like, I mean, talking about how her sister made choices that she disagreed with and like True. The, the conflict between her and her sister is a big part of why the Mandalorians were all so divided. So her uniting Mandalorians again, like how is that not about her sister's legacy in some way? Um, there's also the fact that like this is now the second time in like 10 years that she has recaptured Mandalore with the help of a force user. So she could have been like, hey, Grogu, you saved our lives. Kind of like Ahsoka did 10 years. I mean, yeah. that one wasn't didn't feel as glaringly not there, but also because they're trying to promote the Ahsoka show, it felt a little weird to be like, how have we not talked at all about how you you literally did the same thing with a force user 10 years ago? Yeah. Um, just you in know. the dome cities. <laughs> yeah. I'll be curious talking with Ashley about that because, like I said, Ashley, the person who's normally my host, she hasn't seen all the Clone Wars stuff. And it's been – I've been really glad that she she has clearly enjoyed the whole show without having seen that. So they're, they're, they've been bringing in enough references to not alienate her and I, I hope some of the other listeners who just haven't seen those shows. But I just I, – I think they could have gone a little further. Yeah. It would have been kind of nice. Yeah. Um, it's late and I want to keep this kind of a quick response thing so that's kind of all I got what would you want to bring up or talk about um well first off just like kind of what you said about like Bo's quote about Mandalorians like that whole exchange was just so cool he said like Moff Gideon said something like oh without their toys or without their like trinkets Mandalorians are weak Mm -hmm. and then the way she looked up at him and said Mandalorians are stronger together and then yeah. from the back. That was cool. Another or a couple other cool shots were oh the ray shield scene. 
bro, that was sick. That was, that was, that was the validation or like, I don't know, something, the way it reminds me of the Qui-Gon Obi-Wan scene, like it just validated me. It's like, oh, finally, someone like doing a ray shield fight and they're just killing it. Like Mm -hmm. they didn't have to watch their master die first. (laughs) Like it was so good. And it, it was beautiful for Din, but also like R5. Like, yes! the, uh, someone online on Twitter said that like they should make like kindergarten books about the brave little R5 droid mm-hmm. who was so scared, but found his bravery and did his thing. And then when some like little mouse droid tired to narc on him, he like, you know, took care Fought of the mouse back. droid. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, that scene was great. The combat yeah. was great. And it, the scene in Obi-Wan, it felt like – in Phantom Menace, I mean, it was a great scene, but it felt a little like, why is this here? Whereas in this scene, it felt purposeful, and he, he's very intensely strategically using it felt very – like, yeah. much – I love that scene in Phantom Menace, but this just felt like, let's do that, but make it make sense. Yeah. No. It was super cool. And yeah, I have in my notes too, go R5, go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While yeah. I was watching that, I was like, "Yes, yes, yes!" As he was descending down. Mm-hmm. Um, so proud of our little man. Oh, well, especially because I I told Ashley this, but do you know the story of R five that comes from the book from a certain point of view? No. So the, there's a series of books now called From a Certain Point of View that are like little short stories, and there's one for like every movie, like a bunch of the movies that are coming out in order. I think there's also ones for some of the shows. But they're basically little, like, sh- very short stories, like, five to ten pages that are told from the perspective of random people. So there's, like, a story from just some dude at the cantina bar who's like, wow, like, the space wizard showed up. That was weird. And, like, a Jawa has a whole story about, like, what he was up to. But one of the stories is about R6. And it's about how he was totally ready to, like, He'd been, like, with the Jawas for a while. It was terrible. He was ready to be adopted. And then he met this little blue droid, an astromech, who was like, dude, I have a mission to save the galaxy. I need your help. And and the blue droid is like, I need – I think we're going to go see these people called, like, I need to find a way to get to Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. You've got to help me. And, and so the idea is that when – the Skywalkers buy R6, but then R6 blows up, and so they have to buy R2 instead. Yeah. R6 did that intentionally. Yeah. Because R2 had convinced him, like, I hate to do this to you, brother, but, like, I need to be the one they buy. Yeah. Can, Come can through you, like, R5. <clears throat> yeah. So, like, R- sorry, I call him R6. But, yeah, like, so that R5, like, basically, like, took one for the team so that R2 could could go off and be the hero. And I just, like... It's a silly story, but I thought it was really beautiful and oh, like so sweet, right? And so watching him get his hero's moment now, thirty years after all that, was just like, yay, go King, go! Right? Uh, that's so sweet. Yeah, the way he, <clears throat> like you said, was so ready to be adopted, but mm-hmm. still understood the urgency. What a king! Yeah, right. Great moment for him. Absolutely. What else is on your list? Any last things? Yes. Last thing, the scene where all the drop ships come out of the capital ship and they're diving down into the clouds mm-hmm. and then they all disappear into the clouds and then the TIE bombers come shooting out right after them. That was just so cool. It definitely was. There's a little part of me that's like, 
no one has radar of any kind. No, they should have hit No, Well, not even that, but also it's like these tie ships can't be like, oh, hey, maybe we should go back down behind the clouds because all those drop ships that were there aren't there anymore. But I actually have something to say about that, that I put together as you were saying that. Do you think maybe their radar wouldn't be functioning because of the um, atmospheric storms? Because, you know, they Mm -hmm. can't calm between... Right. space and the planet so maybe it's like when you're inside that storm too it might have showed it when din first got to the planet earlier in uh-huh. the season okay that is certainly possible i feel the but like to what ability can ships detect other ships is one of those things that has been left so up in the it, it's kind of like how long does it take to go in hyperspace from one part of the galaxy to another it it, it is exactly what the plot needs in that yeah. moment with no rhyme or reason or consistency. Yeah. Like, you know? If, yeah. It's like if we need to cool background for these Jedi to have a conversation, they're in hyperspace for like 30 minutes, several mm-hmm. hours. But if these clones are in trouble on this Rishi moon, our capital yep. ship will be there in about 15 seconds. <laughs> the, the one that to me really kind of broke my brain, I love Rogue One so much, yeah. but is the like, oh, yeah. We're going to send these X-Wings from Yavin 4 to whatever that planet that is that has the Imperial base that's like a different part of the galaxy. Uh, No, it's not Scarif. It's the one where where, uh, Galen gets killed. I remember now. And like the X-Wings show up like 10 minutes later. Yeah. Um, It's like, okay, whatever. They are Um, there. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was all good. Oh, we haven't talked about uh, the Darth – what do you think about the Darksaber getting destroyed? I was really sad to see that, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't care about, you know, the Darksaber, like, the leader of Mandalore must wield the Darksaber. I don't give a crap about that. But, like, yeah. I just, the story of, like, the original Vizsla, who was the only Mandalorian Jedi, and so he created mm-hmm. a saber that was, like, more accurate to his people, and you know, like, is reminiscent of kind of a vibroblade, like. I don't know. I've just always really liked that story. Like, yeah. I'm really into the books about clones, specifically the ones where the clones um, really delve into their Mandalorian history. And they're not canon mm-hmm. books, but right. they talk. They don't talk about the Darksaber, but they talk about him. I can't remember his first name, but the original Vizsla. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I totally hear you. I totally hear you. And I think... I get what they were going for of – because I think one of the whole parts of this journey was, you know, last episode of last season, she thought she needed the Darksaber to be the leader. And <clears throat> that was where we were the first episode of this season as well. And both she and Din went on this great journey of instead of him being like, here, have the saber, I don't care, it became you're already a leader and I'm giving you the saber to assert the fact that you're a leader. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and so I like the like she doesn't need the saber to be a leader, and she could you know they could defeat him without the saber eventually. But yeah, it was also like but but you don't have to destroy it. Like put it in a museum until yeah. someone else needs it, or like you know let Grogu train with it. You know, I, I, yes, actually wait a minute. Like we have another Mandalorian who's also Is a it- force user. Oh, it's such a missed opportunity. Look, if they can repair IG-11, uh, which Taika's back, thank God. I needed him mm-hmm. back. Just his voice is um, 
But if it maybe they can repair it, maybe that's gonna be the point. Maybe the the little Enzordians or whatever the hell their name is, like they're gonna fix it because Enzellans. Enzellans, um, thank you. Doesn't doesn't Grogu need a lightsaber? I think so. But he's a Mandalorian. He should have the dark saber. So he should. But also, there's a part of like growing into a Jedi. Well, but he's not a Jedi. Right? But I feel like creating your own lightsaber can be a very special thing to Force users. So maybe he rebuilds it. Maybe he finds his own crystal. Yeah. But he does rebuild a version. Because he's a, a Mandalorian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be it cool. D- I did sort of like – he's still basically a toddler in terms of human development. And it feels like like most people become Mandalorians when they're about 13. He's the equivalent of like – He's not two anymore. He's the equivalent of like four or five. So I was still a little like, ah, but, you know. Yeah. Um, speaking of Grogu being a toddler. Uh-huh. Did you notice his little feet this episode? Mm-hmm. Specifically at the end where he's, when they go to, I think it's Navarro. Or maybe it's when they're entering that cantina, actually, to talk uh-huh. to Carson forgot his last name but kiva thank you um no his little toes were just like like everyone go look up online grogu's feet in the season three finale and just watch his little legs go like it's so funny so i have to watch that i i was driving all day today and literally i was like every time i stopped to get gas I would just like watch it and then I would like be watching while I walked in and bought soda or used the restroom or whatever. So I watched it like five, ten minutes at a time on my phone over this 12-hour drive. So like I missed little details like that. Uh-huh. I will say the scene of him like bouncing around up in like the, the mm-hmm. rafters. I love Grogu. I think the animation they do with him is amazing. It, to me, it just looked like Kermit in the Muppet movie, like when he's getting shot and he's dancing his feet. It just was like it, – it, it took me a little out of it. I was like, come on. Um, no, But it's maybe so if I'd seen it in more detail, I don't know. I'll appreciate it more. I'll send you I, a video with the Grogu toes so you can see it. I just I, – I, I feel like there's no way they're going to make him go full Mandalorian while this show is happening because – there is no way in the world you're going to cover up that ridiculously expressive and adorable a face. Yeah. As cute as a Mandalorian helmet with the ears would be, mm-hmm. like, and I kind of want to see that. I just, I don't think they're going to make him take the oath and put the mask on. Yeah. Bro, I hope not. That would be sad. I didn't right? think about that. But him him being adopted by Din, that was, st- by, by Jaren now, I guess, because the Din's the family name. Yeah. Which... I'm a little confused of because like Vizsla is a family name and, and like Kree is a family thing. name, but you know, different traditions, different things, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where that goes though, but it would yeah. be fun to learn more about his history. Mm-hmm. I did look up the original Mandalorian. It's Tar Vizsla, I think. T-A-R-V-I-Z-L-A. Tar Vizsla, yeah. That sounds right. I will also say um, two things I'll say. One, I'll try to find it in the show notes for this. If not, I'll put it up soon. There's a couple of different TikTokers who basically do lessons in Mandoa, the Mandalorian <gasps> language, a lot of which comes from the books you're talking yes. about. But the other thing is to give a shout out to a friend of mine. My friend Jonah has a podcast called The Archives Are Incomplete. 
And it's where he does a book-by-book review of the extended universe, the original canon. Um, and that includes the, the books that uh, Aaron is talking about. Are mo- there, There's some others as well, but the primary ones are called the Republic Commando books. And they're just really great explorations of the Clone Wars through the eyes of the clones uh, and, and the eyes of their Mandalorian trainers. And so we really get a lot about Mandalorian culture and we go to Mandalore and it's not quite the same as this. It's not quite the same canon, but it's a really beautiful story. And I recommend reading the books themselves, but if you find them a bit dry, because I, I kind of did, <gasps> Jonah's, Jonah's rev- I know, I know, I'm a heretic. Matthew! Um, but Jonah, I did not have six-year-old Ooh, clone butts are pretty. Um, reaction that you have discussed on air multiple times. How dare you use that against me? I, 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 you kind of leave it there, you know? Um, <clears throat> look, you make me feel like I should join AARP. I got to have some kind of ammunition here. Um, That's so funny. I should call you the youngling. That should be the thing from now on. Um, the, no, you're the foundling. You're the foundling of this podcast. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I accept that. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so that that those books read the books if you can. But if you can't, or if you love the books, want to hear more about them, listen to Jonah's podcast. The archives are incomplete. Uh, each episode is a specific book, so you can find them. And he really goes deep on the. He does a plot summary, so if you haven't read it, you're fine. But then really goes deep on the analysis. Yeah, I do. That's really exciting to hear <clears throat> that there's people out there like practicing and learning like Mandoa because mm-hmm. I like was obsessed with the language i still actually in my notes app have a like list of words and phrases in mandoa and i always on my phone in my safari is pulled up the mandoa dictionary just in case i'm like (laughs) reading a star wars book and i'm like "Uh, what does that phrase mean again that's fantastic i really love that yeah when i I was younger Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was living in a Christian conservative family. I would, um, I learned all the swear words, and I would just use those. All the Mandela swear words. <laughs> that way, that way, the family couldn't know what you're talking about. They couldn't get upset. Exactly. <laughs> that is, and I say this with an awful lot of pride, and like this is a compliment. The geekiest thing I have heard in a long, long time. I I salute you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I I will just close by saying the last thing I wanted to mention. I'm not saying that the show is making this canon. Um, they certainly could, uh, and I think they were hinting a, a little bit uh, in some ways, but they always just like hint all sorts of things. But the amount of sapphic fanfics that were created by that moment of Bo and the armor flying together in formation and giving each other a look like that, that has been screenshot by so many sapphics in, and I love it so much and I'm so here for it. And I think if it may always be headcanon and if people want to headcanon that, please do so because I, I, I ship it. I can see those two. Yeah. Stana leader, leader partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And you know some cross some crossing of the uh, of the different lines and you know I love that at the end you saw like when all the Mandalorians came together to like take their oath to her and to each other some were wearing the helmets and some weren't and it was just okay you know yes. <clears throat> that was really beautiful to see I noticed that too mm-hmm. it reminded me of when I was in Egypt and there were some women who were wearing like full hijab and others who had like just some of their hair covered and others who didn't have it at all and like that was just everyone was okay and I to me that's what pluralism should be is like everyone gets to observe the way they want to observe so yeah 
All right, well, Aaron, thank you so much for dropping in last minute. Um, I really appreciate this, and it's going to be fun getting to put this out. It has gone longer than I expected because we're both super talkative. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, tell us just about where they can find you. Yeah, so if you're not annoyed by my voice and want to hear me talk more, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lady Tano Creates. Tano is T-A-N-O, as in Ahsoka. I chose that name because that's what Maul calls her in the seventh season, and I thought mm-hmm. it was equal parts classy and disrespectful because he's um, acknowledging that she's no longer a Jedi. Anyways, um, yeah, on my Instagram, I do a lot of... Um, well, I share a lot of memes for sure, but I mm-hmm. feel like I share more like photos of cons I'm going to, but mm-hmm. I do post like big progress things. And I tend to post those sooner than I do on TikTok because yeah. on TikTok, I record every step of my process. And so I kind of take my time uploading those because I don't want to dump them on people. <laughs> um, but I will say it's awesome that you do those because... Like, I really love getting to see the process. It is such a mystery to me. And so watching – like, I think it would be one thing to watch someone who's been doing this for 10 years and knows it. But watching you literally learn and, like, you have videos where, like, oh, this is really – oh, wait. This didn't work. Yeah. Okay. I'll do something else. And it's – I always – I always I, I hate seeing you do that, but I love watching it because I get to see the whole process. So. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I'm glad that mm-hmm. people enjoy it, you know, and, like, having – I mean, I don't have a ton of followers or anything, but having some people along who like comment mm-hmm. and stuff just like helps motivate me. And, you know, yep. as someone with ADHD, it's um, very easy to get distracted and leave a hobby behind. But I yeah. find social media motivating. So <laughs> if you want to help give me motivation for my Ahsoka cosplay, hop over there. I'm also very slowly but surely working on an original character of my own. So yep. stay tuned on that. People have gotten help vote on like different color like uh, for things and like outfit choices and it's been a lot of fun. Check all that out. Lady Tano creates uh, the show. The link will be in the show notes. And of course, let us know what you think. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Mandalorian. We're going to do more coverage with Ashley. That'll be coming out soon. Uh, uh, but let us know. You can email us. You can Twitter us. Uh, all the things. It's all in the show notes. Or you can just go to theethicalpanda.com. Find all the ways to support us. So Matt, myself, Aaron, thank you all so much. We have spoken. This is the way.